Hello, and welcome to the Great Design Leap podcast. My name is Marta Kovalova, and I'm a graphic design student. I'm about to finish my senior year, so that's pretty much all I'm doing right now. Just to give people kind of like context on who you are and stuff like that, I guess we can talk about first like how we met. So <laughs> I think the first time that you and I met, I remember it um, when you, we worked together in a, uh, I guess, a dorm or apartment building. It was like a mix between both. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, both of us were working in the leasing office. And uh, you just had a new shift that day. I didn't even know that we had a new person. And then you came in and uh, were helping out and everything. I'm like, who is this person? I don't know. Is this somebody that works here? <laughs> Nobody told me anything. But you were so nice. And then we just ended up being friends ever since then and, like, hanging out outside of work. And then even, like, three years later still hanging out and stuff but so yes do you have any uh uh memory of when we first met to be quite honest with you i don't remember the first time we met i just remember you sitting at a desk at some point and me like introducing myself yes kind of a blur still but yeah i just remember you saying you have graph like you're a graphic designer also and then i was just like oh what year are you and then it just kind of blew up from there and then we're here now so it's just like amazing (laughs) the hours like spent in the package room oh my god (laughs) <laughs> the dust inhaled in the package. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I guess even even like before before that, um, uh, I guess this is always like a very weird thing to just like take the conversation and go in a totally different way. But um, uh, what people might not know is that you're from Ukraine. Um, and you came here when you were like in middle school age. Yeah, so I was fourteen. I actually was supposed to be already done with middle school. Uh, but they put me back a grade because I spoke zero English. As you can hear now, I speak English. So <laughs> I was able to actually pick up English pretty fast with uh, within like less than a year. I would say like around six months, I spoke pretty fluently. And then grammar and everything else I picked up within the same year. Yeah. And you said that you were... Because when I looked... So I do cyberstalking before this. Not the bad kind. <laughs> and so I remember you saying that you were from near Kiev, and then I saw on Facebook that it was a different name that I hadn't seen before. So, like, what part of Ukraine are you from? So, I'm from Yuzhen, which is a village right outside of Kiev. Um, I was born there. I didn't grow up there, so that's why I usually say Kiev. And for people that don't even know where Ukraine is, <laughs> it just simplifies it because Yuzhen is much harder to say, so I just always say the capital and then Ukraine. What was it like um, uh, growing up there before uh, school because I remember you telling me like an interesting story involving school and um, uh, you had this this like kind of like phys ed class where you had to like take apart machine guns or something like that. Yes. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, that's not something that I did. I used like yeah. like sewing machines and stuff. Like that. <laughs> um. So that class is basically like an old old-fashioned Soviet Union type of class. Um, I did not participate in that class because I graduated. Well, I didn't graduate. I left to the United States right before that class. Mm-hmm. But so after eighth grade, you have the last year, which is the ninth grade. Um, that's when you usually graduate in Ukraine. You don't finish the whole 12 years of high school because you enter two years of college and then you go to two years of university. Um, so in the ninth grade, you have this one class where you have the machine gun, basically. I think... I'm not sure what type of gun it is. I think it's a maybe a rifle even. Mm. Um, depends what school you go to. I think if they have the budget for machine gun, maybe they have that. <laughs> um, but it's basically just a gun. And then you have to assemble it and reassemble it together mm. and k- 
people would compete who has the fastest time that they can put it back together and uh, disassemble it. So that was like an inside class competition. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's technically what I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't get to do that. But, yeah, that's what you do in Ukraine. <laughs> I'm not sure if you do this anymore, by the way. I graduated a long time ago. <laughs> I'm sure you get, based on my reaction, I'm sure you get interesting reactions when people tell you <laughs> when you, you tell people about that. But yeah, I, uh, cause you spent, uh, sometimes when I talk to people, they're like, oh, I'm from this other place, and then it came to the US when I was very young. They have very little memory of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what, I mean, I remember everything from when I was in middle school. So, it, can, can you tell me a little bit what it was like growing up there and, and what it was like, I don't know, just going about day to day stuff? Um, well, the country's kind of, well, not kind of, it's very poor. Yeah. Uh, the economy is not, good it was much better when i was growing up there and now it's like even much worse um like just to show it in perspective when i was growing up a dollar would be eight hryvnias and right now it's around 30 ish mm. so just to- just shows you kind of the progression or more likely the downfall of our economy and um that has to do with a lot of political uh and also civil wars and everything that's going on right now in ukraine yeah so the earliest memory i remember is um basically me being dragged into <laughs> kindergarten uh, because of such a traumatic experience. Uh, that was my earliest memory ever. I was what was like, happening? I was three years old. Uh, not a lot of people have memories from when they were three yeah. years old. But I still remember the gate, me crying and lashing onto my mother and not wanting to go to kindergarten. Aww. So that was like the first memory I ever have. Yeah. Uh, but my mom, she worked full time. She worked two jobs, I think three at some point. Yeah. Um, so she didn't have a choice. She like had to give me for kindergarten and usually at that age she already are in kindergarten. Um, but I remember having that reaction and I think either the same day or a week later, it was the opposite reaction where I didn't want to go from kindergarten because I was having so much fun. <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my god, there's a room full of toys and I get to spend time with kids that also don't speak. <laughs> Like, it was amazing. I don't know what was going through my head at that time, but apparently I had a great time. Yeah. Um, that's, like, the earliest memory. Um, generally, I just lived in a one-bedroom with my mom. Yeah. So it was, like, a very close corner, like, small family. My mom was a single mom. Um, kind of growing up there was, like, a lot of time I spent alone, which is why I got into art in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because my mom worked so much. Like, I would come home and there would be nobody home yet mm-hmm. because she was still working. Um, later on I got a nanny, but, um, yeah, most of the time I did spend was like by myself. I was doing homework or honestly, I was not doing a lot of homework. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of procrastinated on the homework and I started to draw more and like watch YouTube and get into like different YouTubers. And like, as soon as that came out, that was like later on. Like drawing YouTubers or art YouTubers? Um, that too. Mostly it's just like, um, I guess like different entertainment youtubers yeah there's one uh russian youtuber uh kata Klep, which is Ooh. um she, she's i think sometimes she i think she's still relevant i'm not sure <laughs> she was very popular back then and i watched like every single one of her videos because she had like cool stuff to show and like you know growing up in poverty isn't exactly like you have everything mm. even though your mom tries like my mom always tried the best to provide me with everything um but still it's just like 
something to look at outside of like, oh my gosh, she has like such nice stuff. She travels to this place or she goes there. Yeah. So it's more like that. Um, but yeah, I also watched a lot of anime, which also <laughs> helped me with my, I guess, art or like inspired me to learn yeah, more about I art. I could see that. Um, yeah, and besides that, I was just like went to school, hung out with friends from time to time. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty simple, but we had like a lot of small pleasures in life that we enjoyed. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's I, how I grew up. Did you have your? I saw your drawing Instagram. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought they were really really good. Was, it, was that something that was of that age when when you were in middle school uh, drawing, or was that a little bit later? So that was, I think, more recent. I think that was one two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, I haven't posted on there often. I honestly don't like posting my drawing <laughs> or like my art in general. For some reason, I have a graphic design Instagram. Yeah, I am yet to post on it. <laughs> Magically, I have seventy four followers, but like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, surprisingly, never posted on it. Um, something about being an artist that I feel like everybody is a perfectionist mm. and like, I don't think anything is good enough or complete. And I'm like, I'm going to post it when it's good enough. And so then that day like never comes. I'm a senior <laughs> in college about to finish my graphic design degree and I'm yet to post it on my graphic design Instagram. <laughs> and, uh, so I remember you telling me like when you came to the U.S., um, your mom is an interpreter, right? Or is translator? So she actually teaches Russian. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So she's a teacher. She's always been a teacher. She taught English back in Ukraine, and then she got her certificate to be able to teach Russian here. Interesting. Okay. So do you remember having conversations with your mom about moving to the U.S. and all of that? So she did politely pretty much ask me if I was considering moving to the United States, but <laughs> as a kid, it's more of like the decision was pretty much hers. Um so she did talk to me about it, but it took it took a while to get here, actually. I mm. think it took us two years or something with the papers. I think my mom was telling me about this, like, just of us sitting in Ukraine submitting papers. Well, not me, actually. <laughs> I was ignoring school uh, at that time, not paying attention to my classes. Um, but my mom was submitting those papers. And then after that, we left in 2014. Mm. And then the rest is sister. I'm here now, so... So did um was the reason opportunity was the reason just like what made her want to leave and cuz moving to a different country is not easy. <laughs> no for sure. So she actually got married to my now dad. Mm-hmm. Um so that was like the motivation behind it. Um yeah, that's marriage. I mean I also like that's I think it's one of the easiest ways for anybody to get a green card. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, I turned 18 before my mom got the citizenship, so I had to go through the whole process by myself. Yeah. But still, I was able to have a green card before then, so it was great. And and I remember you saying that, um, yeah, because I remember that was like a whole deal for you when you were applying for co-op, too. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I actually got my citizenship, not right before, but a few months before my co-op, which was amazing, because that way I can apply for more co-ops than I originally had um, the ability to. You would have a very slim number of co-ops to apply to. <laughs> I worked for Toe Brothers for my internship that ended like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to apply for that if I did have the green card and not a citizenship. Yeah, yeah. So wait, so how did your, your mom and your dad meet if, if he was in the U.S. and she was in Ukraine? 
So he actually did business in Ukraine, so that's how they kind of met. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know the whole love story. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I prefer not to think about my parents in that situation <laughs> in a romantic setting, so I just stay out of it. It was just poof, my dad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I just came to the wedding for the cake, you know? <laughs> so, um, uh, what was that like? Like, just one day being like, okay, everything's in order, we're actually going to move. All your friends that you've known since you were a little kid, you're going to have to say goodbye to them, and now you're going to see them maybe like once every couple years or once a year. Um, so honestly, the hardest thing was family and like on my closest friend that I've known for, I think 17 years now, 17 or 18 years now. Um, that was like the hardest part. Um, but other people, like my classmates and stuff, like I wasn't on good terms with them anyway. I didn't like particularly like school. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure you can kind of tell by my tone, like I did not like school in Ukraine. Um, it was very hard. Compared to here. I heard that it's really crazy over there. You take three sciences at the same time. You also take geology. You actually have to learn about the shifts of uh, earth plates and how it reacts under the water and what it creates. Basically, that's one of the classes you have to take. You have to take algebra and geometry. And that's all in the same year, by the way. You take all of the three sciences, geology, at least when I was in high school. Um, but And then you take... Before the whole 2014, um, you know, revolution that happened in Ukraine, we also taught Russian in school. So Mm -hmm. we had Russian literature and Russian language. And then we also had Ukrainian uh, literature and Ukrainian language. So those were four different classes also. Uh, (laughs) I'm rolling my eyes right now. Like, that's that's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, our system is also different. We had from 1 to 12. That's how you graded. So eight is oh, okay. pretty pretty good, and eight and to twelve is like you're doing amazing. Um, but yeah, there was like a lot of classes that I was taking at the same time. Like, I'm not sure if that was just my high school, but I just remember the workload being so much more intense than it is here. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, me having to learn the language I never spoke before. <laughs> um, but yeah, taking algebra and geometry, you take them in the same year, and then you have like. Algebra 5 is for grade 5, and then you take algebra until 9, pretty much. So you kind of have that progression, and you take that every year. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the physical, um, what is it called? I don't even remember what it's called, but it's basically just uh, PE. Yeah. Uh, And you have to take that every year, no matter what. Like, I think in America you take it two years? Uh, Like gym class? Yeah. Uh, Usually... You can take it. I've heard some people get out of it their senior year of high school, but usually you take it every year. And it's like one uh, period in class. Gotcha. So we're, uh, I went to an art high school in um, D.C. Yeah. So for me, it was, I think, two years that you have to take it, and then we're done with it. That's nice. So, <laughs> I mean, also we had four other additional classes that we need to take on oh top my. of a regular load. So it's just like you get to get out of gym earlier. <laughs> So, like, that, I don't know, that's kind of insane, because I, I heard a story, like, with uh, one of my friends, Waldo, he came um, uh, to the U.S. when he was eight and didn't speak any English, and I'm like, eight, like, that's really hard, but I feel like that's doable, because you're still, like, a littler kid, um, but, like, middle school age, that's kind of hard. I don't know, like, I I, I consider, like, 
going in other places and stuff, and sometimes I look at other languages that are totally different than my own. Like, if I look at Serbian and yes. Cyrillic and everything like that, I'm like, okay, I don't even know where to start with this. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. So, I guess my, my question is, like, um, uh, so you move, you, you like, process everything of, of all of these new things are going to happen. Do you remember kind of, like, what your first week here was like? Um, a little bit. Like, getting off the plane and, like, okay, this is a place I've never been before. Um, <laughs> so the cultural shock for me was, there's many cultural shocks. Number one was, um, Ukraine is a very white country. Mm. If you've ever heard of Ukraine or been to Ukraine, or just know about Slavic countries, they usually are pretty white. You have people from Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, um, Kazakhstan, and that's like as diverse as it gets. Um, but I've never seen anybody that's like besides anybody that's slightly Chinese than I am. I have never been anybody uh, near anybody that's of Latin descent, that is Hispanic, or that is Black or African American. Um, so the first shock was coming to the airport and seeing like such a variety of workers as a little kid was absolutely insane for me it was just like i started just looking everywhere i kind of was i think i i had that rude stare of just like the tourism stare of like what's happening (laughs) um and then for me since i went to dc to a public school 95 percent, i think of school was african-american oh interesting so the first day of school by the way i came like three four days before school started so oh, wow. I was fresh, <laughs> uh, as fresh as it could be. Fresh off the plane. <laughs> yes, uh, fresh off the plane. Um, and so we just bought supplies, got a few new clothes, bought the uniform, and I went to school like, immediately. And the first thing I've noticed was people came up to me and started touching my hair, <laughs> which is like, I understand that I was uh, newer, and I, I obviously could, so this, this was my last year of middle school, so I repeated eighth grade, and I was the new girl that, like, they've never seen, they're about to graduate, you know, mm-hmm. this is their last year, and everybody just started com- coming up to me, like, crowding me, and I'm like, weird, I could not understand a lot of what they were saying, and the main issue that I remember having is they spoke so fast. That, that oh. I, I just pointed at my phone so they could type it out and I can understand it better. Interesting. So I understood some basic English, but not like, not a whole lot. Um, so I kind of, res- I think I responded in like broken English pretty much. <laughs> uh, I don't remember my responses. I just remember the cultural shock of people yeah. just like coming up to me constantly and trying to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was the first thing. And then trying to talk to my teachers and be like, I don't speak much English, help. <laughs> um, and taking ESL classes where the professor, uh, not professor, teacher, only speaks English. Um, and the well, nurse, yeah, I guess if they have students from all over the world. Yeah, yeah. There was people from Philippines. I think there was one kid from Turkey. Um, I don't remember. I think there was other kids, but I don't quite remember. And that's pretty much it. Um, so the cultural shock and then having assignments after coming after classes sitting with my mom for like hours trying to understand what this word says and trying to understand what what they're trying to make me do mm. that took i would say four months before i got better for wow. me to understand like ha- being able to 
sit by myself, kind of slowly Google things and do it myself. Um, it took like around four months in order, in order for me to get there. Okay. <laughs> You're having a cultural shock right now. Yeah, like... Uh, I remember coming home from vacation, uh, like like the day before school started, and being like, oh my gosh, I have so much going on. It's such like a shock moving states to go to my... Fr- that Okay, I was, I was overreacting. <laughs> but four months is pretty quick. I mean, I guess you're in total full immersion against your will. Um. <laughs> Everything uh, that I've consumed since I came here was in English. Yeah. So in order for me to socialize and be uh, not completely isolated, yeah. was I had to learn English. Like, it, if Okay, so I, I have to clarify something. I have an auditory memory. Mm. So for me, speaking to a lot of people, I listened to a lot of American music before I got here. Mm. And then also when I got here, I continued that and I listened to cartoons and watched TV in my free time, also in English. Huh. So Cartoons anime or cartoons other things? Spongebob. Spongebob? <laughs> Spongebob, Nickelodeon, <laughs> Disney, like that was in my free time. And um, the music? What music? I mean, my mom put me on Michael Jackson as soon as I can listen. Oh, really? <laughs> So she's a big Michael Jackson fan, and so like I became a big Michael Jackson fan also myself. Huh. Um, but you know, listening to like Billie Jean or something. Yeah. Um, there's other songs that she put me on. I don't quite remember because they're very old. <laughs> um, I think I listened to Rihanna a few times, and uh, I'm sure there's other like famous singers that I can't remember right now. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, when I talked to Lazar. Uh, he tells me about music he would listen to when when he was younger, but it's like it's like very spotty and like random. Like he didn't know who Beyonce was until he was like he came to the U.S. But so he yeah. knows like so many other cartoons from my childhood that I absolutely love and I think are like like authentically American. So it's just very interesting how like some things make it and some things don't. Yeah, um, some cartoons were more famous in Ukraine, so I also grew up on some of them. Like. But they were obviously translated into Russian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I started to listen to them in their original voices. So sometimes I'm still like looking back into cartoons uh, from my childhood. I'm like, I want to rewatch this, but in English. <laughs> <laughs> what is their real voice like? <laughs> exactly. Because the first time I watched Ma- Madagascar, Ma- Madagascar. Madagascar? Madagascar. Penguins in Madagascar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, when the first time I watched those, it was in Russian and yeah. Shrek. And all those like old classics, oh, and wow. then trying to rewatch them in English was such like, a weird experience for me. Like and seeing memes of them too, like uh, with the English under it. <laughs> yeah, memes became. I think they became a thing when I was growing up here. Yeah. So memes, I think, was introduced to me when I was already like more fluent in English. Yeah. So that was fine, but oh my god, rewatching something in a different voice than you grew up in, like you have this old nostalgia from your childhood and then you're watching it from a different like, from the original perspective mm-hmm. so weird I, I saw something like that it was like naruto but french dub mm-hmm. and it was like very like flamboyant and not what i remembered <laughs> but it was funny so but like um so it seems like you got to choose the school that you went to when you came to the u.s because you mm-hmm. said you went to like an art school yeah. But it was public school, so it sounds a little bit like 
like a charter school? Did you have to like apply to get into it? Yeah, so they think I think they have around six hundred applicants, and um, I'm sure that less than hundred get in. I oh, don't wow. remember how. This how is small a small is. school. The school is pretty small. We had a visual um, arts department. We had a dance department. We had a museum studies department. So there was like our department. It was one of their, I guess, bigger ones. Museum studies was the smallest ones, but visual arts was. Like 20 people in our class or something like that so it kind of reminds okay. me of classes that i have now uh, and so having critiques in that was the same thing so you have this six essential classes that you're supposed to take as a regular high schooler and then you have four additional classes that are art classes mm-hmm. and so you pretty much get out of school i forget when usually i would get out of school i think around five ish that's late yeah and then i had a club on wednesday around eight-ish that I would do it in school. And then you come back home, you're doing homework. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. I had a lot of energy as a high schooler. When did school start? 8.30? 8.30? Possibly earlier. I haven't... Oh my god, it's been three years. That's crazy. Like, it, was, it might have been earlier. It might have been eight. Most public schools start at like 7.45 and at 2.30. Yeah, I remember because in one day we we have at least six classes for sure. I remember that. Um, but also my school was going through reconstruction at that point. So we had two two schools. One school was for academic classes. And then afterwards, you take a bus and you go to the art school uh, to have huh. your art classes there. Uh, now it's all in one building. It's back together um, because they're finally done building it. As but soon as you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> now it's like an amazing school. So like have to visit at some point just yeah. to see what the building is like because it took millions of dollars to actually make that building. Oh my goodness. There's a lot of alumni that donated to it, but we just got the shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, I, so you, what your track was like visual arts or your track was, what, did you have like a major within the school or was it kind of just everybody learned the same thing? Everybody learned the same thing. Visual arts was such a small department. There's not mm. like a lot of variation you could do. So when everybody was doing drawing, it was literally everybody in the same class, pretty much. Yeah. Like, our entire major fit in that um, in that class. But yeah, you pretty much had, like, a division slash major in college. People also had um, musical instrument major. Okay. So they were, like, you hear jazz music in the hallways. That's so cool. Um, each floor was for, like, a different major. So for fine arts, you have four different grades, freshman, sophomore, mm-hmm. junior, senior. So you have different classes that only uh, are allowed for freshmen and blah, 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 and so on. Um, so you have this whole um, kind of floor mm. for those classes uh, for different grades within the department. But our class was, the class that I went to was 2018 graduates. Mm-hmm. So that was like around 20 people that was in it. Wow. My school had like 800 kids in my grade. I don't remember what's the total of our school. Our yeah. department was kind of small. The dance department was big, and yeah. the instrument department was also pretty big. I think there was also, for the instrument, I don't remember what it's called, but for the instrument department, they also had people that sang. sang? Yeah, yeah, sang. Sang, okay. Um, people that sang, so there was also like a large amount of people that were able to do all kinds of things. 
It's really, that kind of reminds me of like the Victorious show. <laughs> Victoria Show actually came to our co- uh, uh, to our high school. Really, before I got there, unfortunately. Uh, like Victorious, the yeah. the Nickelodeon show. Yeah, Nickelodeon. They were like they want to see what an actual art high school looked like. Are you serious? That's crazy. I think that when I was a freshman, I was just like, oh damn it! Right before I got here, come on. Like the casting people came and like the director, or whatever. As far as I heard, uh, I think it was it might have been not the casting, just the general. Um, like producers and everything. Wow! But they might have brought the casting with them, like maybe some of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it turns out they actually did visit our school because it was an actual art high school. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that fits. I'm glad that I brought that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, when you were there, well, I guess before that, before I even talk about that, like, what is it like living in DC 24 seven? Because there's a lot there. <laughs> Yeah, I thought there wasn't, so growing up there, I thought it was complete opposite. I thought there wasn't much to do there at all. Oh, really? And then I got to Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, DC is much cleaner than uh, Philadelphia, so like the main differences that I've noticed, I mean, I was growing up in DC as a kid, Mm -hmm. and now I'm in Philadelphia as more of like an adult, so I have different perspectives in both cities because of that, so if I were to go back to DC and actually like, you know, pay rent and everything... It might be different. <laughs> in general, it's an expensive city. It's a beautiful city. Museums are free, so that's a bonus. Um, but it also means if you have any type of classes in DC, you have no excuse not to go to a museum, and they will make it your homework. <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds like at some point you didn't want to, and they were like, "Ah, oh, too bad." <laughs> yeah, it's free. You gotta go. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of cool things that you can take. Part. Um, there's a few, so whenever a new president gets uh, elected, there's a few extra holidays we get off school. So yeah. I always look forward to that. And I was so surprised when I got to college. I'm like, you guys don't have that here? Ah. <laughs> because they would literally close down almost the entire city for inauguration day. And yeah. like, um, there was a few other dates that I can't remember. Um, um, like President's Day weekend and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there was a few days that we get off school just because we're in D.C. and it, it would just get too crazy to get yeah. to school. And, oh my god, did I love those days. <laughs> um, but yeah, in general, you get to do a lot of cool stuff. Like, for example, for the Smithsonian Museum of um, African American History, I was actually there for the opening as a volunteer. Oh, wow. So I got to see, like, Obama and his whole family, because he was presenting there. What was it like seeing him in person? It was great. I can't complain. <laughs> he was a real person. Yeah. in 3D. <laughs> I saw him in real life. It was amazing. Crazy. Um, but yeah, you get to do things like that. And then you get to see like a bunch of helicopters pass through the city constantly. Yeah. Um, to make sure, you know. And I'm not sure who they're transporting because I think they keep it very... <laughs> uh, but there's always like, you know, a dud and then the one helicopter. Yeah. has an important person in there. Um, but yeah. Kind of like the cars where it's like five cars circle one car and then they change faces so nobody knows which car is the one that has the person. And sometimes that affects traffic. So coming back from school when there's oh like an important God. person coming through, they would literally close down. Like they would prepare his entire route of that person from point A to point B. Um, you obviously would not know what the person is. Like it's yeah. Like, if it's diplomat, if it's the president himself. Um, and then you would just have a bunch of cars and a bunch of policemen, like, s- surrounding it. Like, there's a few 
a few cars that all look the same, so you don't know which one to attack. <laughs> and then you have policemen in the front and policemen in the back, and it's just crazy because of, they block off so many streets or like round up so many streets that you can't get access or turn on certain ones that you'd be late by like 30 to an hour. So like... I'm guessing that gets old. Yeah, pretty fast. <laughs> so you know, seeing Obama oh, is great and all, but then like being stuck in traffic as a kid, not it. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but even, I don't know, that doesn't really happen that much here. I remember um, the, the Pope came to Philly, but that was before you and I were in college. Um, and, uh... Philly's game? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, the um, parade, and then, um... Yeah, I think the DNC was here, too. And, like, nobody was able to get anywhere because yeah. everything was blocked off. But Philly is, is a bit smaller. At least, like, the, the places that aren't residential. Mm -hmm. Um... But uh, but yeah, so so you're in art school, um, and like when was the point where you like understood that graphic design was a thing? Like, because there's like there's visual art, there's like visual communications, there's graphic design. Like, what was your first exposure to that? So I did a summer program during my sophomore year of high school, mm -hmm. um, and it was actually in Philly. I was considering going to Temple Temple Japan to be more specific, mm -hmm. um, instead of staying in Philadelphia. <laughs> And so I did a summer program for them. I stayed at like Penn campus because it was too dangerous to stay on Temple campus. So that should have according been... to Temple, according to the summer program, and <laughs> um, they didn't oh let goodness. us stay on campus because they said it was like you would get a driver pick you up from point A to point B. So wow. you just only go there for classes. Um, so that should have been like a red flag for me, <laughs> number one. Um, but yeah, I didn't end up doing that. But um, in that class, I had I had a lot of classes. One of them was painting. One of them was drawing. Um, and one of the other classes was was graphic design. Mm. And my dad, in general, kind of leaned me towards graphic design. Mm. And I think he uh, he kind of pointed out that I'd be taking that course uh, in general and pushed me towards like web design um, after I got already in college. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I took that class and out of all the classes, absolutely hated drawing and painting. Like really, I loved doing it by myself. However, doing that for three hours, yeah, in the class studio <laughs> setting, I was just like this standing is... for hours. Yep, having to do it in a structured way that's according to somebody else. And the, some of the classes were just like too. Uh, too beginner for me, so I had to like switch mm. classes because I literally have been doing this for two years now in an art high school. Like right after classes, all I do is just draw and sit and paint or whatever I have to do. So I had to switch classes for that. But the one class I didn't switch was the graphic design course. Yeah, I remember making a whale. <laughs> like that's the first thing I ever did as a graphic designer. I made a whale. In um, what program? Illustrator. Illustrator. <laughs> I loved Illustrator. I'm so glad I started with Illustrator, um, and I don't draw in Photoshop. I'm sorry for all your Photoshop lovers. <laughs> uh, it's so hard. It truly is. I mean, Vector and Raster was just like... Yeah, I love Vector. Vector. <laughs> Somebody should make a t-shirt or a sweatshirt that says Vector's Bay. <laughs> Vector's Bay. <laughs> so yeah, so you, you drew a whale. Yes, and okay. I remember that very vividly. I wish I had the file, but as uh, anybody know, as a graphic designer, you get to that point where you don't learn about saving files and backing them up. Mm. Um, so yeah, I had that mistake my first time, 
And then I also have the same mistake freshman year. <laughs> oh no! It's okay. I can still recover half of the file. I just don't want to read you. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, sorry. But that's what got me into graphic design. So I had an existential crisis. I'm like, I'm in this art high school. I've been thinking about doing fine arts for the rest of my life as a career since I was about five. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I started drawing when I was three, but like, I started considering it as a career since I was like five. And you knew what a career was at five. <laughs> I just knew at five that I was like, all I want to do for the rest of my life is draw. Wow. Okay. Or like paint or do, like do art in general. Yeah. So like, I not necessarily I knew that was gonna be my career at five, but like I knew that's what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't want to be a soccer player. I don't want to be a fireman. I want to do art. <laughs> Pretty much. I also uh, consider a psychiatrist and uh, veterinar- veterinarian. Ooh, okay. So that was my other two childhood options, I guess. Yeah. Obviously stuck, stuck with the art. Um, but yeah, and then I had like a, a lot of hard, um, I guess, talks with myself of just like oh my god i'm not gonna be doing fine art for the rest of my life what am i doing do yeah. I, am i switching for graphic design oh my god why is this happening and it was and just this like, was at like 17 years old i'm guessing i think 16 17 16 yeah. 17 okay so i was just freaking out I had a midlife crisis at 16 years old <laughs> pretty much uh, because i did not know that i'm going to be switching my paths yeah I, like i've got into this high school that it's kind of hard to get into in this program that i thought is going to put me ahead of other people that were doing fine art yeah so yeah did not end up happening um and that's kind of what started me wanting to become graphic designer yeah i also started my pescatarian diet but that's a different story <laughs> <laughs> but like so when you um what was it like when you started using Adobe programs and you were like, I think this is what I want to do? Like, was that weird? Was that scary? Because you had so much already put into all of this other stuff? So, technically speaking, yeah, I started to use Adobe and Photoshop and all of that when I got here, like freshman year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so for me, I, I did use a little bit of Adobe and a little bit of Photoshop in my high school because they did offer that as a class. Yeah. You would have photography and you also... I forgot what we did in Illustrator. We did something in Illustrator. I think it was like also like a graphic design course, but it wasn't like to the level of a professor or a college class. Yeah. Um, so the first time I actually started to interact more with Illustrator and Photoshop was when I got here spring uh, term in freshman year. Oh, freshman year of college. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. I think it was freshman year of high school when I when you said when I came here I thought you meant U.S. <laughs> no, when I came here, got I it. it. Okay, yeah. so kind of like that first computer imaging class that we all took in freshman year. Okay, yeah. and you made the robot. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I hated that assignment. By the way, I hated it. Oh I still God. have one. I do too. <laughs> I have both of my robots, both from Photoshop and Illustrator. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you, you started. So, um. I, I guess you, you started using Adobe programs more then, but you were introduced to it when you were like 16, 17 years old. And like, obviously you made the decision to go to a graphic design college, um, uh, Drexel. <laughs> but like, so I don't know, I guess my question is like, when did you finally were able to make that decision of like, I want to apply here. I want to do this major. Um, I'm not going to do fine art. Um, this is what I want to do. Cause like, was it just like a bunch of little conversations with yourself or did you just have like a moment where you were just like at your kitchen table being like, 
This is what we do. So that was still like the summer program. So the summer program is two weeks, by the way. And the reason, but by the end of week one, I was just like, this is, I, I don't want to do this in college. Like I, I cannot put myself through this in college mm. for four years. So that's when I had the first existential crisis. Um, and then I started to reconsider going to Temple uh, as a college also, and then sticking to United States of America. Yeah. <laughs> um, as just like, yeah, that was kind of, it hit me like a brick pretty much. Yeah. Um, because that was the first time I was taking college courses and I was just like, I hate this. Like, I cannot do this. Like, yeah. despise it. Um, and then I started to look into colleges my senior year. And then kind of my dad pushed me towards Philadelphia. Yeah. Why? Why Philly? His uh, best friend's son was going to the same college that <laughs> I am. We're going to graduate together in 2022. So. <laughs> Do a graduation photo together. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. I've known him since I literally moved to the United States. Really? So, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, he looked into the program. He's like, oh, this is a great program. You're going to live here. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Sound good. What do I know? I'm at, like 18, 19. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so I guess, so you decided that you wanted to go, I'm just backing up, going through the storyline. Um, you decided that you wanted to study graphic design, but one thing that I related to that was uh, when I was in school, um, when I was in middle school and early high school, I was like obsessed with photography. Like, literally every gift that an aunt or uncle would give me would be photography-related. Um, I taught myself Photoshop um, because I, I, like, bought myself one of those, like, thick books on it. And then it had the CD in the back that allowed you to download it on your big old Apple iMac that was, like, rounded. <laughs> and uh, and I remember having a moment where I was, like, taking a um, Adobe InDesign class or Adobe Illustrator class. And I was like, oh, there's this thing called graphic design. I was learning more about it. And I had this moment where I literally felt like I was like coming out to my mom uh, and saying, I don't know if I really want to do photography anymore. I think I want to do graphic design. And I had built it up so much in my head that that like this was like I, I spent so much money. I, I did. I spent like probably like a thousand dollars in babysitting money. That's a lot on like backdrops and, and tripods and all this kind of stuff. And then I ended up uh, choosing graphic design. I remember going up to her and saying that, and she was just like, okay. <laughs> like, it was, like, such a big thing in, in my mind. Um, but, and then when I actually ended up changing, it was, it was it was totally fine. Do you remember, like, having that conversation with your parents or anything like that, even before your dad recommended Drexel to you? So, before, I mean, he kind of helped me with the summer program. He initiated me going to the summer program in general. Um, which I'm very thankful for because otherwise I ended up wasting a lot of time in fine art. Yeah. Uh, and he was just like, you have to take this graphic design course. I think you're going to like it. Yeah. Um, he's a very practical person, as in he was just like, fine art girl, you're not going to make a lot of money with that. <laughs> um, and so he kind of pushed me towards graphic design. And then after I entered college, he was like, web design, do that. Mm. That's where you're going to be happy. And I think it's going to suit you, but you're also going to make enough money to live. <laughs> Um, and so he kind of is more of like the rational person and pushed me towards graphic design during the art program that I was taking. And I was like, actually, you were right. <laughs> so it wasn't like a conversation. It was more of like, okay, you were right. I like this. I don't want to define art anymore. Thank you. So your dad seems like quite a character. Pretty much. <laughs> what, what does he like to hang out with? 
god, businessman. Such a businessman. Um, really? Besides, I think, stocks or politics, there's not a lot of things that he gets, like, um, story-like. Mm -hmm. and like animated and excited about. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, he's the type of dad that, would like, when you have the conversation, it would be like, hey, how are you today? I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And that'll be the end of the conversation. <laughs> uh, he would, you would ask him questions, and you ask him. You would have to ask him follow up questions for mm -hmm. him to continuously say like details. Versus when you talk to your like mom, and she's go, like, oh, yeah, I went to shopping. Look what I got. <laughs> and you know, I ran into our friend. Her her yeah. kid's getting so old now. <laughs> With my dad, you kind of have to ask him questions and just yeah. like, I don't know. He's more of a serious person, and I'm more obviously artistic, creative mm -hmm. person. So I did pick up a lot more about business in college. So I do have something more to talk to him about. Um, but yeah, it's just an adjustment for me because my mom talked to me such in such a different manner for me to be able to talk to my dad in a different manner. It's just mm -hmm. like adjusting to that. Yeah. So but before we talk about college and everything like that, you said something about um, you started being pescatarian. Uh, like in the time period of uh, the, the summer program? Yep. Yeah, so what is the story behind that before we talk about college? So that was uh, the summer of my existential crisis, um, <laughs> both in my diet and my career path. Yeah. Um, turns out during that two-week program, somehow I didn't end up eating meat, like huh. almost at all. I think I didn't eat a single piece of meat the entire program. It's kind of expensive sometimes. They might not give it to students. <laughs> Probably they're probably cheaping out, uh, cheaping out. Probably. Being yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, they're being cheap about it, um, and they had bacon. It's not like they. I think they had soup or something. I might have had soup, but I've never had like a slice of meat on my plate for the two weeks. On my last day, I came to the realization that I hadn't had meat in a while, and I was like, "This bacon looks good. Let me have it." Almost threw up. <laughs> oh really? Like I had like a gag reflection. Was it in the bad? Cafeteria. Expire? No, the bacon was fine. All my friends were fine with it. It's it wasn't the bacon. It was the fact that my body was so adjusted to not having meat in its diet and happy. Yeah, and it was yeah. fine. And I was just like, hmm, I didn't notice it. My body doesn't seem to like it. Let me try this. Yeah, and I was like, I was a vegetarian for three months, and that's all I could do. I mm. could not continue. I did that diet previously. I think my freshman year or maybe sophomore year earlier. Um, but did not last. I was just like, I need something. I'm like, I need meat. Yeah. And I love sushi, so I was just like, I cannot give up fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, did not work out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it for three months. If it doesn't work out, it's just going to be like another diet that failed. Yeah. But thus far, my body seemed okay without it for yeah. two weeks. And I've consumed enough calories and I have felt energized and not tired. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that, and after, like, three months, I was like, you know what, I feel great, I feel more energized, I can move more freely, I don't feel like there's a rock at the bottom of my stomach yeah. every time I eat. <laughs> so, I kind of just stopped eating it, and then I started to reflect on all my, like, meat choices hmm. during my childhood, and I was just like, hmm, I guess I never really liked meat, because everything that I consumed, like, soup-wise, love soup, amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, lo loved chicken liver, um, sausages, not a big fan, hamburgers, ate two hamburgers in my entire life, mm -hmm. hated both of them. <laughs> I, I did not throw up a lot as a grown child. Um, I threw up, I think, three times as a child. Yeah. Two of them was because of those hamburgers. That's why I only had two. Oh. And I was just like, the first time I was like, maybe it was just a bad hamburger. Second yeah. time I was like, hell no. 
Never yeah. again. Oh my god. So like having that experience and then like I like chicken, but like I prefer chicken nuggets and <laughs> if you get them in McDonald's you never know what's in the chicken nuggets, especially the ones that I was going to, so it's just like I don't know, it's like not the flavor of chicken that I liked. It was just like the texture and the fun shape of the chicken nugget, I guess, that I liked more. Yeah. And the meat that I preferred most was like deli meat. Mm, okay. Like the meat that is also don't thin know, as possible. <laughs> thin as possible, but also like I don't know what they put into it. What are the additives? What made it taste better than regular meat? Hmm, yeah. I never really liked steaks either, so it was just like, you know what? I never really liked meat. I don't know why I didn't quit sooner. <laughs> Um, but I didn't realize it was an option to quit. <laughs> in Ukraine and culture, everything comes with meat. Yeah, like Lazar gives you a hard time over not eating meat and being Slavic. <laughs> Everybody that's Slavic gives me a hard time for not eating meat. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. It's just a preference. I mean, like, it's, it's interesting that, like, some people, there's, like, such a wide spectrum that, like, some people, they operate so much better on, like, keto, which is something that I don't think I could ever do. It's just, like, so much on one side. And then, like, my mom is vegan, and I, I eat with her, and I'm like, don't you need, like, pork or something? Like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm perfectly fine. I'm like, there's such, like, a spectrum of what works. And I guess it's because everybody's different, so that all, all makes sense. But, but yeah, so, like, going back to that, um, you, uh, you get accepted to Drexel. Were there other schools that you ended up applying to? Um, I applied to a lot of schools in New York, actually. I thought, and it was also another existential crisis in my senior year of high school, <laughs> um, I thought I was going to be a New York girl, I'm going to go to New York College oh. and have the art in New York experience, whatever. Like an NYU Columbia type deal? Not in NYU, I was just like, I knew I couldn't make it in NYU. <laughs> I didn't even apply, I was just like, I know that I can't. My SAT, by the way, not great. I think I was like a thousand or something or less. Um, yeah, I did not... SAT and test taking to this day, I cannot do it. Like I can talk about a certain subject, like I'm, mm. I have a PhD in it. Yeah. But tell me to take a test in it, and I will absolutely fail it. Or essay writing. <laughs> essay writing is better if I have the time for it, but mm-hmm. if it's not in the quiz or exam setting, mm. because I'm the person that will write a shitty draft first, then mm. I rewrite the shitty draft into less shitty draft, mm. and then it will be like five rounds before it gets semi-okay. And then I have the sixth uh, draft that I handed off uh, to like somebody else to read it, and mm. they correct it, and then I go back and forth, and so it's like good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just the test taking was not it, so I knew NYU was not like an option. <laughs> to be honest, like I had more realistic expectations, but um, I thought for some reason I'm gonna be in Parson or it was a school that started in SVT or something like that. Oh, SVA? SVA. School of Visual Arts? Yeah, School yeah. of Visual Arts. I thought it was that one or Parson, pretty much. Yeah. Um, my dad did not want me to go to SVA because he was like, nah, you can do better. <laughs> really? I like your dad. He seems very strongly opinionated. <laughs> pretty much. He knew what, what direction to shove me in. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so there were New York schools anywhere else? Uh, um, Virginia? I don't know, Virginia. I think I was like New York and Philadelphia. And okay. It. I, to be quite honest with you, I don't remember. I remember <laughs> I applied to Parson, SVU, SVA, and uh, Drexel, and what else? I applied Temple? to some. I did not apply oh, okay. to Temple. I was just like, after that, some programs, like, nope, <laughs> not happening. But I forgot the other colleges that I applied to. I think I've applied for a few backup schools. I got, I think I got into all of my backup schools. 
Um, but I just remember it being very stressful. Yeah. I was with my parents in the bedroom, just like hours and hours of essays, editing, and then submitting my portfolio. Oh my God. And then the common app. <laughs> the pain in my ass. Was, oh my God. The portfolio was such a... Because you had to do the portfolio, also uh, title them for some of them and write a whole description about them. Yeah. And then uh, make file formats for each one of them. And for certain schools, you had the art challenge where you have to make an art piece by your, like, basically from scratch within a given time frame whenever that comes I've out. I've heard of these. I've never done one, but I've heard people do that before. You're like the third person I've heard that, that art challenge thing. Yeah, you had to do the same thing for my art high school, so it was just like a pain all around because I applied to 10 colleges. You heard me right, senior year, 10 colleges, I was going insane. That's also expensive. Pretty and much. all the essays are different? Uh, most of them were different. Yeah. Some of them were recycled, but I think most of them are different. And then you have the different formats for portfolios, uh, the pictures themselves, the different uh, portfolio pieces to include in those set pictures. So it's just a mess all around. Yeah. So, so you end up, you go to Drexel. So, like, do you remember your move-in day? Because I don't remember mine. Freshman year. I do remember mine. Oh. Well, well, now it doesn't matter anymore. But what what dorm did you end up moving into freshman year? North. You, north. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had the yeah. suite, which was better. We didn't have to sh- share a shower with a lot of girls. It was only three girls. Yeah. Three I was girls. so jealous of those dorms because I lived in Millennium. Where you shared like everything, mm-hmm. like there wasn't even like a, a real bathroom. It was just like individual stalls, and then the whole floor was like co-ed. It was just like there was no no time for any of your own thoughts at all. <laughs> but but yeah, so so you you remember like what that was like, like you saying goodbye to your parents, and then just like turning around and being like, "Wow, I'm actually here." <laughs> um. So my dad helped me to move. I think there was only enough spaces. I'm not sure. I think my mom was working during that day. I mm. don't remember her being there. I think she helped me afterwards, but my dad was there and we took pretty much like a road trip. Oh, um, nice. Everything in our car was stuffed to the brim with my <laughs> things. Mm. I can tell you right now, the cases, it will take two or three of those cars to move <laughs> all my things because now I got furniture. <laughs> so that was fun experience because I, I get car sick. Oh, really? So two and a half or three hours, and then the whole line process that you have to go through when you get to Drexel, so that's an additional hour or two. Yeah. And then he just helped me move in my things. I met my roommate. It was just a whole thing. Yeah. And so and so you have your first, like, graphic design classes. I mean, you always have that, like, little welcome week thing where it's, like, not real school and you just, like, party the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. Uh, but <laughs> you uh, have, like, your first real graphic design classes, I'm guessing with um, with Sandy and Mark and Shushi later on and everything. And so when you get in there, like, what was your first impressions of, like, the building, school, everything? I know. So if you've ever been to Drexel, particularly West Bowl building, yeah. you know how crazy that building is. Um, I am still, like, adjusting to college life in general. And, and I downloaded the app to locate myself and my classes within that building. Because the stairs and the elevators and the half floors did not make sense to me. Wait, wait, wait. There's an app for the West Hall building? Yes, there is. I used that as freshman year. I just walked around until I eventually got to class during the class period. Not on time. <laughs> I think before I got to Drexel, I was so excited that I literally downloaded every app for Drexel. 
uh, really? that was existent, and one of them was for Westfall voting. Yeah. Um, or it might have been in one of the emails. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that voting was so confusing. The class themselves, I was still new to the applications. Mm. Like my fine art high school most introduced me to like fine arts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so barely had any Adobe Photoshop experience. Um, and so doing those classes and figuring out how to do everything and all these buttons and all these functions. Yeah. Thank God. They all the shortcuts. shortcuts. Oh my God. The shortcuts. <laughs> my best friends. <laughs> love them now i know so many and i still am learning every day like a new one or something yeah uh but yeah like thank god the classes were structured just in case you don't know this is how you use it yeah and i was just like no i know no i don't know (laughs) you know that play it off cool type of uh thing where you're just like yeah i've done this before for sure pretending to know exactly what you're doing (laughs) um but being thankful that the professor was just like, just in case somebody doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my first experience of just like struggling. I think the first project that we did that was an illustrator was the lemon. The lemon or orange. It was like creating a slice of lemon or orange. Oh my god. Yeah. You just unlocked a memory that yeah. I didn't realize it was there. Oh my god, yeah. I totally remember. And yeah, I remember we didn't like touch computers for like most of the first year yeah it was not until spring that we touched computers yeah we actually got into the crazy building that i call my second home yeah and if if anybody like the the building looks crazy it's not because like it has crazy sculptures or anything like that it literally looks like uh i don't know like an industrial version of hogwarts yeah. So if you watch uh, Squid Games, which is a popular Netflix show now, there's currently a meme that's going about uh, that's going around about the Westfall building. Um, there's like this, there's a scene in Squid Game that goes like that has crazy stairs yeah. that don't seem to be leading anywhere. Like it just looks like a a maze, pretty much. That's pretty much what the Westfall building looks like, just with classrooms. The bil- building literally has stairs that will skip a floor. Yes. <laughs> And there's sometimes two staircases on one floor and one staircase on the other floor. And there's uh, only one on one end that leads you to this uh, half floor. And there's you have to go to the other side in order to go down a level or something yeah. like that. And then on the upper floor, right above that, it's the complete opposite. And it, I remember listening to uh, Sandy talk about because apparently she was like part of the decision-making group uh, for the Westfall because they, they built it like like, uh, less than five years before we got there. Um, and so she was part of it. And she said that part of, that the reason for doing that is to try to get the different majors to interact with each other mm-hmm. so that people don't go to school there for four years and never meet anybody outside their major. Which I never is had pretty interesting. <laughs> I can guarantee you that those staircases did not help me with that problem. I just kind of did it myself. Yeah. Most of my friends... For some reason, well, actually not for some reason, um, I like to have more diverse friends. Yeah. So most of the friends that I know are in completely opposite majors. Like, we're talking about finance, business, engineers, biomedical, what is it, biomedical technology or something. Like, yeah. Crazy. Like, one is uh, philosophy, uh, the other one is just, like, nursing. Yeah. Like, different, different majors. So, uh, so you get to school, you, you start doing that, and now you're, like, kind of halfway in well not halfway you're almost you're almost done mm-hmm. and so like i don't know when you're looking back now so right now what what, what month is it october mm-hmm. um you still have like eight months or so left 
Do not remind me. Which is which is scary, but like you're at a point where you can really start to look back on all these different classes that you've taken, different advice that you've gotten from professors and stuff like that. Like, is there anything that that really stuck out? Because I feel like because um, they try to get it on an even level for everybody, Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of classes that I took were really repetitive. Not repetitive, but like things that were like very basic that I already knew. But there were other classes that were that seemed advanced to me that other people were like, "Oh, this is nothing." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> but is there anything like stuck out about the last three years to you? Um, that the one thing that I didn't know about graphic design for for somebody that entered the graphic design field as like a newbie my freshman year, pretty much, uh, we did a lot of fine art until spring, and then we started to actually work in the Illustrator and Photoshop. Um, and so having that experience and then transition to sophomore year where it was just crazy loaded with learning about more Adobe Photoshop InDesign and adding on to that like graphic design library of skills. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I've learned the most is how tedious and particular you have to be about everything. Mm-hmm. Like everything in design has a purpose, has a reason. And there is a decision that has contributed to that purpose and reason of that one thing being there. Mm, yeah. So that's one thing that I feel like a lot of people overlook, like typography. One of the biggest things that I've learned in drugstore in general is typography, which is kind of my main focus right now. Yeah. Like, in general, in design, generally in design, I prefer to work with a lot of typography. Mm-hmm. My uh, um, internships, my co-op was had to do a lot with typography mm-hmm. and the reason why I got chosen for that is because my portfolio consisted of a lot of typography mm, okay um so it's just in general something that I got fascinated by is just the small things that lead to the big decisions of the overall piece mm-hmm. that nobody notices besides the actual graphic designers it makes an impact but you don't know where it's coming from I guess exactly yeah like the small things that contribute a huge impact of the visual representation of the idea you're trying to convey are so small that most people don't notice them. Mm-hmm. And that's the purpose of making the small decisions so people don't notice them. Mm-hmm. So having to do that and just... It's kind of a weird feeling for like for myself because I want people to notice the details and the small things I put in it mm-hmm. because of coming from a fine art major. Like The more details you have in a piece, the more people are going to supposed to notice them and it's pretty visually impactful. Versus in graphic design, it's impacting you but you don't know where it's coming from you can't identify it as a non-visual person Mm. but that's the purpose behind it you're not supposed to you're supposed to look at it and know exactly what it's meant to be it's exactly meant to represent Mm -hmm. so yeah when you were coming into school um and you had an idea of okay my major is graphic design i'm going to come here to study graphic design and now you're here a graduating student and you're thinking like is is it is your understanding of graphic design different? Like, is it what you thought it was when you were coming in here? Oh, it's completely different from what it was, um, from what I thought it was. Um, it's completely different from what I thought it was. I thought it's drawn on a computer. Mm-hmm. I thought it was digital art when I first entered it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the digital versions people do of people with portraits and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I thought for the rest of my life I'm just going to be making posters or like album covers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea that logos were like part of it. Like it didn't necessarily click in my mind that like graphic design is everything. Yeah. Like quite literally everything has graphic design on it. Like I'm sitting next to a mic that has graphic design on it. 
Like, I'm <laughs> the, sitting... The Samson logo. <laughs> the logo itself, like, the branding behind it, there's so much that goes behind every single thing, and I interact with graphic design constantly. Mm-hmm. I just bought groceries, and there is graphic design on every single package that I got. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to design that. Somebody got paid for that. It was somebody else's job. Mm-hmm. And graphic design is so much more impactful on the world in general. So... Yeah. What was the question? Yeah, yeah. If if you um, your idea of graphic design was yeah. the same now versus when you started, and it sounds like it's very different. Oh, a hundred percent. It's the the idea that I had was the graphic design is so limit limitless limited, and now I know it's limitless. Mm, yeah. So like that's kind of the before and the after uh, thought of me actually going through graphic design courses. Because now you can, I didn't know you can do web design and graphic design can be inter- like being uh, put together. I thought web design was for like somebody's computer science or something. Yeah. For all you do is just sit in a room and code. Um, in a dark room with a black hoodie. <laughs> pretty much with uh, snacks uh, and like a whole lighting system. And all of the, the letters are green. <laughs> yes. And everybody uh, doesn't know how to use Apple, only Android. So and, and, you know. That's funny, but but yeah. So um, and and so I guess even during that time period, you're learning more about graphic design. You're learning more. I'm guessing about like like brand guides and um, all the different ways that you can take an identity into all of these different like either device forms or uh, products or all this kind of stuff. And so uh, and in your junior year, you had your uh, internship at uh, your co-op at um, at Toll Brothers. So I remember uh, you and I talked on the phone for a bit when you were deciding between a bunch of different uh, opportunities that you had. And so, uh, if you can talk about what you were, what it was like there, like going to school, you're like, what is graphic design? Okay, now I kind of know what it is from an academic standpoint. But what is working in graphic design? What I think it's going to be versus you just graduate, you just left. <laughs> um. I wish you could see my face right now because I just made a facial expression and kind of tells you everything you need to know. Uh, but basically, there's a huge difference between what you're taught in academics and what you're actually applied the graphic designs for in your mm. working field. Um, but I did corporate work. So just to put that in perspective, I wasn't working as the main graphic design lead in a small company that had to do everything. I was one of the few ants in a graphic design department of a huge company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I worked with templates. I was given templates. I needed to input information there and make artistic decisions by how I placed the type, how I placed the images. Uh, but that's pretty much all I did. I, In the end, I did learn like a little bit about videography, emails, um, like digital ads, and I did a few works of different types of graphic design within the company mm-hmm. however i wasn't able to do what i do in class now which is a client comes to you they want to design a logo here's what you do mm-hmm. corporate setting does not do that until you reach like a management level mm-hmm. and that happens like i feel like five years after you already work for the company um at the very least because you have to start building that relationship in order for the company to trust you enough to make that logo for the company that's going to stay within it and it's going to work through like the branding for that particular property mm-hmm. or particular project. So for me, having that experience of just like 
I'm doing repetitive tasks over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. And also the experience of my co-op was that I was sitting in my bedroom doing this. Yeah. <laughs> due to COVID. Um, so that was just also a big part of it that I wasn't interacting with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that many meetings. I was just working by myself most of the time. And when I was interacting with people with the company, it was over Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really tell exactly how your boss's reaction to stuff when you're... Because <laughs> I, even now, like, I just started a new job, and I, I have so many Zoom meetings, and people are so willing to actually, like, talk to me and uh, do face-to-face stuff, which is great, um, on that computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but even then, sometimes I, I, when I write emails or when I, uh, I receive emails, I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> not that they're not clear, but like, like, I wish I could see their face and, and like, no, like, are they upset or anything? And usually they're not. And it's, I'm totally like in my own head about it. But, um, did you feel any of that while you were doing it from home? I feel like the first month I felt like an imposter. Really? Because they they were really nice. They taught me everything. They pretty much I did not need to be a graphic designer to enter that job. That mm. that job was so entry level, uh, that they could have basically taught me the program themselves. Mm. And the way they prepared me to actually use the programs was just like very basic things I had to do, so I could have figured it out if I didn't know how to use the programs by myself within the first week or two. Yeah. Um, so I'm very thankful for that because they actually prepared me what to do. Everything, almost everything was fought out to the point where like I didn't have a lot of questions left. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that support really helped me and it wasn't such like a, oh my God, I don't know what to do because they constantly reminded me. I was just like, you're okay, you're new. If you screw it up, we can fix it, talk about it. If you have questions, ask us now before you screw up so it'll be easier to fix it. <laughs> um, so they were very nice about it. So the first month was just like adjusting. Yeah. And then afterwards, I feel like after a week, honestly, I was pretty well adjusted and then just picked up new skills for different type of jobs. Yeah. Um, but using the programs to submit the said jobs, I feel like was the harder part for me, just uh, being able to actually use the programs within the company mm-hmm. uh, and adjusting to that because you're not submitting via email to a client that you're working with. You're not meeting a lot a lot of the times with the client. The client is a property that's in a different state mm-hmm. and has to go for management first. And the management is also in a different state. Yeah. So you kind of just submit it through a portal and you get the comments and feedback from there. But you don't talk to the manager. Like, I, I don't think I've actually met or talked to uh, most of the managers that I submitted my jobs to. <laughs> like, only one on that one specific project, but... And these are property managers? Or these are... State managers. Oh, okay. So they have a certain amount of states assigned to them. And um, I don't know what they do in particular, but they basically assign jobs within those states, uh, within those properties, within those states. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like the middlemen, and then they approve those jobs for those states, so within those, for the properties within those states. Oh my goodness. So it's a huge company, and those managers do a lot of things. And they and they really took the time to walk you through everything, even taking like literally, even if it's like a month of onboarding for a six-month position to really teach you everything. So I had the main boss, and he was basically the main manager for Philadelphia only. Mm. Um, the managers that I'm talking about submitting jobs, I never talked to. Yeah. <laughs> um, those managers were like 
you just submit them a job. Yeah. And if anything, they reach out to my boss that's in Philadelphia and he would tell me like, hey, so this is what you did wrong. This mm. is how you fix it. Just let me know if you have another question anytime soon or if you're not sure how to do it, let me know. Um, so the first few times, obviously, you screwed up. And they <laughs> learned from those mistakes and you never did them again. <laughs> so did you... Uh, I. So um, when I first started my co-op, so I did a co-op at uh, Fire Blender Bell, which is an architect company, um, and it was it was I feel like this experience might have been a little similar. Of you're going somewhere, uh, the, the goal of the company is not necessarily a graphic design only thing. So you're working on, on a bunch of like supporting things, branding, uh, ads, and stuff like that. Um, and when I first got there versus when I left, I was like a totally different person in my mind. Like. Uh, I did not want to ask questions. Like, I was so scared. I thought I was bothering everyone. And I literally, people would come up and sit next to me, tell me how to do something, ask me if I had any questions. I would just, like, I was so nervous that I would just, like, nod, like, hoping this person would just leave me alone. And then by the time they left, I was like, oh, no, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and I literally got to a point with my boss where he was like, you need to ask questions and you'll figure it out. And then... Ever since then, I've been so much better at, like, doing all of that. But, um, but yeah, so were there any, like, things during your co-op where you're like, wow, I really learned how to handle this better, or I had this obstacle that I couldn't figure out, and now I'm, I can do it because of my co-op? I don't think so. To yeah. be honest with you, uh, the job that we had together prepared me a little more for, like, the general, I guess, um, 9-5. Mm. Um, but... I've always asked a lot of questions from everybody. Mm -hmm. I was the annoying kid that would protest against teachers or like <laughs> uh, when they say something dumb, I would call them out on it. Um, yeah. Like I, I did not care. Uh, in high school, actually one of my teachers, he was the chair of the department, by the way. Um, he was teaching us a class and he was just like, art is a luxury. Art is not supposed to be functional. Blah, blah, blah. What? And now it's just like, <laughs> Here I am, a sassy, like, 17-year-old. I'm like, except architecture. <laughs> and I want to continue. I really did with graphic design and, like, you know, other arts that are actually practical and used on every day basis. Architecture's a good one. I was just like, I, think I stopped at architecture because of the look he gave me and the silence the class got. And I'm just like, you know what? I think this will be enough. Um, safe to say he did not like me. Um... I was a that one kid that was just like, I don't care who you are. If you're an authority and you say something, I will call you out on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if you say something wrong or uh, something that doesn't make sense, I guess. <laughs> um, so, like, asking questions and making comments was never an issue for me. <laughs> Ever since I was a little kid, which got me into some trouble uh, with adults. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have necessarily a problem with authority, uh, but ne not necessarily like following the authority either yeah especially if you have a very strong feeling that they're wrong yeah yeah i, I was that kid that was just like not nah, you're wrong like uh respect isn't something that is just given oh my god i hated that as a kid yeah um that's why like during my call by obviously respecting my elders elders yeah. but it's something that they earned more mm -hmm. than something that i just given them immediately um and also via zoom it's kind of hard to show respect mm, yeah so you just try not to interrupt people. <laughs> That's what I try. I'm much. like, ah, okay, I just wait till they finish their sentence and then I talk. When I talk with my friends, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but like, I've never had the respect of authority since I was a little kid. 
everybody in my life had to earn the respect. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think you earn respect. I don't think you deserve respect just because you're older. Yeah. And I despised that as a kid. Yeah. Um, so I always questioned everybody, questioned everything, and asked a bunch of questions. Mm. And also commented. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I also like have like random facts that I just know at the top of my head. And so a lot of times when adults say something stupid, I'm like, no, it actually was 1971 or something. <laughs> and there's like... Looking at me, like, this kid is, like, 12 years old, and she's calling me stupid. Um, but that, that's really good, though, because, I don't know, I, I remember listening to something that Louis C.K. said, like, a really, really long time ago, um, and he was talking about, um, I don't know if you remember this, this special that he did, about how uh, his, um, the guy who picks up his trash um, every week is, like, a million times smarter than a 21-year-old um, uh, PhD that has a PhD in, like, three different things. Have you ever heard him say that? that? No, I don't. And he said, you know, this guy's a million times smarter. And it's not that people that are older than you are necessarily um, uh, wiser or they're doing the right thing or anything like that or they're more mature than you. They've just, like, seen more stuff. So it's not necessarily that you have to de- respect them for everything because maybe they're doing something stupid but they just just listening is an important thing because you might pick up something that you don't know that you don't know and so he said (laughs) i remember him saying that um the guy who picks up my trash uh is a million times smarter than the guy with three phds at 21 especially him because he's only been thinking about three things for his whole life (laughs) I think I've had that perspective since I was a little kid. I yeah. always like to do multiple things, and I have like weird skills and everything. Yeah. Um, I recently moved in, in with my roommate, and we didn't know each other before. That's kind of fun part of college. Yeah. Just, like you move in with random people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and she mentioned something this week. She was like, "Oh, you have such like interesting skills and everything, oh. and like you have different things about different topics, and like." Pretty much my entire life, one of the biggest uh, reasons why I stuck with graphic design for so long is because I don't have to be stuck with one thing. Yeah, I can go design something for a car tomorrow, or I can build a website, or I can build an application, or I can design yeah. an album cover for this cool band that I've been really liking, or something like that. Like You can do so many things, you never get bored. Mm-hmm. One of the things is I get bored, so corporate thing <laughs> for six months was like great and all because the paycheck was good <laughs> uh but yeah i was just bored out of my mind because those dead. fridays are nice when you oh check your bank account and it's more <laughs> bank account checks and i'm gonna receive my last check soon so i'm super excited for that. um but yeah like besides money there's nothing that benefits me from staying in the corporate environment mm-hmm. and i would much rather either work for a graphic design firm yeah, or just build my own business, like build my own client base and work with different companies and start doing different projects. Like sidewalk, design me a design for a sidewalk. We're gonna mm. paint it. Cool. Let's yeah. do that. Like, let me do something interesting. Let me do something that I've never done before. Let's do it. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I definitely felt a lot like that when I was in my my co-op, and I remember actually being uh, there. And, like, sitting in, like, it was in the middle of the day. I think it was, like, towards the end of the co-op. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And that's so scary because you spent so many years in this and you're almost graduated. You don't, like, for us, we don't do our co-op until, like, 
junior year. So you're literally almost out of there. And uh, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. And then I, um, but the, the great thing about that and the great thing about um, school and everything like that is uh, I spent so much of school just everything is based on a rubric. Mm-hmm. Everything is based on a deadline. Everything is based on how the professor wants you to do it. Um, how you get, it's all about how you create it. It's all about your GPA. Everything was so structured and it was all because of what other people were telling me to do that by the time I, I hit this like perfect point of, I don't know if I want to do this and like graduating and taking less classes because I was so ahead in credits, I started taking like doing so much more on my own and just because I wanted to do it, not because anybody was grading me, or because anybody was telling me what to do. It's not like my parents were pushing me into this direction or any of my friends were. And I, I started like learning about web design and learning about UX design. And I realized this is absolutely what I wanted to do. And so, I don't know, it was just like, it was like this perfect moment of like no longer being told what to do by school for the past, like, I don't know, like... 18 years or something like that pretty much yeah i cannot wait for the day where i no longer have to give my products to professors oh my god um submit via teams <laughs> we don't do that anymore college kind of pressed uh, on our necks or actually our professors next to about blackboard and yeah we're supposed to submit everything for blackboard and that's the main source blah 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 yeah um but yeah oh my god submitted through teams during the pandemic I mean, it was nice to get that little uh, animation. Yes. The animation was <laughs> when you would submit it. <laughs> uh, it just was very confusing. Um, I feel like black. I've gotten used to Blackboard because I've used it since like what middle school. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Like I've gotten used to it, and then you like, okay, so we're in the pandemic. Everything's going downhill. Let's let's introduce new new applications. <laughs> um, and one of them being Teams, and you're going to be submitting everything there now. Yeah, like amazing. Love it. Add, add on to my plate. Um, but yeah, just having online classes affected, I feel like, my perspective of graphic design overall mm-hmm. also. Uh, and, like, I'm about to graduate. I know I don't want to be in the corporate world, but I'm not necessarily against it mm-hmm. as something to do in the beginning, Yeah, but not for the rest of my life. I had totally different experiences when it came to corporate. So mm-hmm. I can talk a little bit about where I work. So I, before I worked in an architecture company, and now I'm working at MetLife, and uh, what my job is... Um, is uh, working within the user experience team that is the global team for all of MetLife's markets. And I think they have like over 40 markets around the world. They have like Japan, they have all of these other places. And so we're in charge of making those uh, elements, those components, and all of those branding pieces consistent so that when all of these other groups hire agencies or do it themselves or have their own teams do it, they all are using the same components so all of these websites are consistent and the MetLife brand uh, remains the same. And that, to some people, might not sound fun, but to me, it's so fun. <laughs> like, the, just the amount of things, like the amount of structure. I, like, I never understood grids before I um, went to MetLife. And, like, it's so interesting and everybody was onboarding me. It was, like, a totally different thing. And then it kind of opened up something in my mind of, like, Oh my gosh, there's like, there is so much you can do, like, within a brand when it has all of these different products within it. And like, if you think about other things like Amazon or Instacart or anything like that, like they have so many products within their main product that I feel like 
I, it's kind of like the Fibonacci sequence or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or like you keep on dividing it, it'll, it'll always have something to go. So it, it was just like a totally different way of, of looking at it. But um, now that you're going into like your last couple of months of school and everything like that, I know when I was in this stage, I was so terrified and I did not want to graduate. I didn't know what was going on. That was just me. You're nodding. That's me too. I'm <laughs> like, nodding. That is indeed me right now. I had no plans. When I graduated, my my family brought me home um, after graduation and then they had some people at the house that were waiting uh, to congratulate me. And they were like, oh, how's it going? I think, actually, I think it was the very next day. And they were like, oh, congrats, Brad. Like, how are you doing? Are you excited? And I'm like, no. And they're like, why? And I said, I remember my graduation party for high school was so much more fun. Oh, yeah. And they said, well, why? And I'm like, because there was actually a plan. Like, I knew what I was doing. I have no idea. Like, I was a maid at the time. Like, I was doing, like, a couple of freelancing jobs. But, like, I had no plans. And then, um, but, yeah, so that that's that's what I was doing. Uh, when I was graduating, so I'm just curious. Like, you are, you probably don't know what's what's going to happen, and it's normal. So, what what is your mindset right now? So I kind of have a semi plan and a backup plan, um, but again, they might go to hell. So both <laughs> of them, it's just an idea. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it's not a solid plan because it's so far in advance that I can't make a solid plan. Yeah. So that is terrifying. <laughs> And at the same time, it's so far in advance that it's, like, I'm not terrifying yet. Mm, yeah. So I'm in that weird weird in-between stage where I'm, like, terrified and not terrified because it's so far ahead. Yeah. Yet so close. Um, so the plan is probably work for Toll Brothers again mm-hmm. and seeing if I can switch from just being a graphic designer to their, like, web department. Mm, okay. And start working there. Um, knowing the company and knowing how well they, like, introduce you to the company themselves. I'm not going to have to pick up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I already like the company. Their benefits are amazing. I like the the team that I'm in. Like, yeah. honestly, they're just very kind people. They sound really nurturing. Very nurturing. I think they treated me like their child. And most Aww. of them, they were in the age of having a child. Not my age, but, you know, having a child. <laughs> and they did mention their children multiple times. <laughs> so they, they did act more like uh, parents. And there was only one guy that was my age that also went to Drexel and then mm. graduated and started working for them. Oh, great. Okay. Um, he's an animator. So, yeah, it was just so great to have somebody else that was just like, I've been there, but I had to commute for an hour and a half from Drexel. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm lucky. I don't have to spend that money and commute. You can see my bed in the corner of the Zoom frame. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, going after graduation to work with them for a while and then seeing if I can switch to freelance and start building like a customer base afterwards. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, and mostly I think the main reason why that might not happen, they don't have openings for graphic designer or oh. just like I've talked to my boss after... Um, after we finished like my call up and everything, and I was just like, "Yeah, I would love to work here." Just like I can't promise you a job. We'd love to have you back, but like yeah. if there is an opening, we'd love to have you. But if there isn't, um, I'm sorry, I can give you like a recommendation. It's better. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Like honestly, having that experience, uh, being able to work there, I think can put me ahead in certain aspects. Um, but if not, that's like that's one of the plans. If not. Then I do have a plan to return to BC. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, Toll Brothers have a lot of properties. I don't mind moving to a different state either. I brought that up. It's yeah. not a uh, it's not a problem for me. So I was thinking of moving out of Philadelphia in general, yeah. just overall. But unless 
I get a job here and then I might stay for a few years, like two years. I know that's what usually people say. And they're like, oh, I have kids now. Like, oh my God. I spent my entire life here. Um, but generally, I don't want to stay in one place for too long. Yeah. I would prefer to transition from Cho Brothers maybe in some international company. Mm, yeah. And then transition to a different country and work from there. That's so exciting. Because I always wanted to do that. I think I've mentioned this before. Like, I considered to just go to college in Japan. Yeah. I want to talk to you about that. Yeah. I've always considered, like, as somebody that literally moved countries without knowing the language, like, yeah. I can do that again. <laughs> like, why not? I think it would be fun. And, you know, not considering the fact that Japanese is one of the hardest languages in the world, but, you know. Yeah. I got this. Like, I can do immersion. I want to turn memory. I'll be fine. I think, uh, overall, I just like to travel. And I yeah. don't, I think you can kind of tell that I don't like to stick with one thing for too long. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've lived in America for too long. It's like, <laughs> Eh, gotta move now. Um, but I just think it brings like it brings such a different perspective, and you become such a different person in general. Like just going from DC to Philadelphia, and going from high school into college, brought such a different perspective and shaped me so much as a human. Yeah. So being able to do that again as an adult, like the cool end of that would be is moving to a different country. Yeah. Or moving to a different state and building like a different friendship group or something like that. And most of my friends are international anyway. Yeah. So it's not like an issue for me where I'm going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I, like, I'm moving, I don't want to be my friends. My friends are all over the world. Like, yeah. It's a, the amazing aspect of being here at Drexel is most of my friend group is all over the world anyway. After yeah. After graduate, they probably will go back to their countries. Yeah. Or go to even new countries to them. Exactly. Yeah. And so like everybody's kind of everywhere already. Yeah. So for me, moving has never been an issue, and I always wanted to like either freelance or um, do something for like an international company. Yeah. Uh, so I can have the benefits of a stable <laughs> paycheck, <laughs> um, but like all over the world, and you get so many more benefits when you work when you transition from one country to another. Like they yeah. give you such a nice package to like kind of kick you off of the country yeah. into a different field. Um, so having that is like a bonus because you can get paid as a beginner designer or a web developer more if you were to transition within the company to a different country. Yeah. Because they obviously want more people to do it and in order for people to like drop their life. Yeah. You want you want them to actually want to do it so they put like, oh, your pay is gonna be like one fourth more. Yeah. And you're gonna have this and you're gonna have a stipend and this and this and we're gonna help you move and like all moving expenses are included or whatever. Huh. So doing that like it depends on the company obviously, but yeah, a lot of companies help you with that because obviously it's a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that I don't have like anything anchoring me here, I would yeah. love to do that. And you know, it's something to do. Outside of just graphic designs, I've always wanted to just live somewhere else. Yeah. Or, like, move around. And so, uh, I guess when it, there's there's the travel aspect, and then there's the interest in web. So, mm-hmm. when you say interest in web, is that, like, within graphic design, is, like, graphic design packages designing all of it? Or are you interested in, like, um, UX, UI, and, and, like, development or anything like that? So I don't know what I'm interested in yet. <laughs> I do like web design. Yeah. I, I like it so far. I do need more experience in it. Yeah. But if I were to do it in a corporate setting, I think I need a lot of experience in it. They usually kind of introduce it to it softly. Yeah. And then you get the experience that you need. Um, 
for UX design, I just, I'm currently taking my first class in UX mm. design. Yeah. So learning that um, UI, not very familiar with it yet. Yeah. But then User again, interface. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm going to be introduced to it by the end of the eight month period. Yeah. So it's going to be like, I'm not quite decided on the web aspect. I can be just a graphic designer, I can be a web designer, mm. and I can do both or neither, or, you know, there's so many things you can do within that uh, parameter of graphic design and web development and web design in general. Yeah. But I just not set on it. Like, I need to check the opportunities that are given yeah. in that moment for me to make a better decision. Yeah. And also, like, sometimes in your job, just to be realistic, like, you may be doing all of these things, like, oh, yeah. within a week. 100%. Especially if you're managing people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be working for a small company as yeah. soon as a graduate. <laughs> well, uh, um, one, one recommendation I might give to you is I just started connecting with a Japanese um, web design agency, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm trying to become friends with them. I found them because I did a, I do web reviews on YouTube, and uh, I did a web review of theirs because somebody recommended it on LinkedIn. And then I did the web review. They responded like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, thanks for doing a review on us. And he's he's coming on the podcast soon. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so exciting. Probably uh, sometime the end of October. So I don't know when it would come out, but like, I'll definitely send it to you. <laughs> I'm, so I I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, he's, he's really cool. He talks, he's, um, I think everything on his, his LinkedIn is in French. So I'm guessing oh. he's from France moving to move to japan now has a web design agency there it's called itsugo yeah okay but uh but yeah so so there's so many things going on for you in like the next few years and um it's it sounds all really really exciting there's one last thing i want to talk to you about Mm -hmm. before we wrap up and stuff like that and it's i don't know if if you have time if you talk about longer or shorter whatever you want um, it's kind of like your relationship with Instagram and your job in relation to that. So something that you, so like, it's not like you just have Instagram, like it's a little bit bigger than that and Snapchat and stuff like that. So you want to talk about like social media and all that kind of stuff and how yeah. that started. So basically my freshman year, I had this restaurant that reached out to me. I was just like, Hey, we would love to give you free food if you take a picture of us and post it on Instagram. Um, that's kind of how I got introduced to it. And then I gained, like, my following is not that big. It's like 10,000 followers on Instagram. And then I have 50,000 followers on Snapchat, which is a little bit bigger. For some reason, <laughs> I blew up on Snapchat, which is like, I've never heard anybody else do that. It's like a weird thing. And then I have to tell people, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I just posted a story. And then all these people following me now. Um, but yeah, it kind of started off my Instagram and then I've learned that based on that restaurant experience that I can actually earn money from this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I start to, like, whenever it comes to any topic mm-hmm. or anything that I'm curious about, I start researching the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I learned about this opportunity and this restaurant that basically was just like, we're going to give you a budget of 150 You can order as much as you want to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, eat as much as you want to, like, do whatever you want and just post, like, one story uh, on, like, on your feed and that's it that's all I require from you and I'm like okay this sounds too good to be true <laughs> later on I learned that they were that's actually technically underpaying for what you're doing wow. so just imagine that like um I started to learn about algorithm and all that um during co-op I kind of stopped doing well actually at the end of my co-op I kind of stopped doing Instagram because burnout 
Yeah. Um, burning out as a designer and burning out as a, I guess, like a semi-create content creator. Yeah. It's so I hard. I say you are. Not, you, you definitely are one. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm ever established enough in both fields that I was just like, yeah, I'm a graphic designer or yeah, I'm a content creator. It's just the perfectionism in me that mm. comes with the territory of being a creative person in general. Yeah. You never feel like you're quite there yet. And that's mostly because comparison of the internet yeah and also like comparison over peers mm-hmm. um, linkedin if you don't know is one of the most toxic social medias because you compare yourself you to think so yeah it's i think it's related it's one of the, the most toxic ones because you compare yourself to your peers and your friends interesting uh, accomplishments and that's much harder to deal with than it is for people that post on instagram because you know especially most... on co-op decision day yeah every year on co-op decision day you're like who are you and why are you working at Goldman Sachs? And since when have you been a finance major? <laughs> I feel like I just don't do that because I don't want to be... I feel like a lot of my peers achieve so much in graphic design yeah. that I'm just like, I mean, it's great for you. You're working for Philadelphia Museum of Arts. Like, you yeah. Did an amazing project. But like, I got to get published in a book. Like, I, I'm doing different things. I prefer yeah. to get experience with uh, different fields and different types of art or creative processes. Yeah. Like for social media, it led me to, I think, two or three of my clubs that gave me, like, offered me a job. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, yeah, since you know social media and you're a graphic designer, we'd love you to have a job. And that's why you're our first choice. Oh, that's great. So, like, having that experience and then also being a published author, semi published author, <laughs> um, it was just like, yeah, we're working on our websites and we also do copyright. So, like, you're a graphic designer, you have web experience, and mm-hmm. you have experience in publishing. Like, we would love to have you here. Um, yeah. So, like, that kind of adds to your resume in a different aspect. So, I never had that issue. Uh, but kind of to backtrack to, like, Instagram and social media. Yeah. Kind of got introduced to it, started to research the hell out of it, and learned how much money is in it. Mm. Like, I can take this, if I take this as a full-time job, I think without within three, four months, I'll be able to actually make a living out of it. Yeah. So that's always kind of, like, as a back burner, if I, <laughs> quotation marks, don't make as a designer. <laughs> Um, but also like, I feel like I want to do both. I always yeah. was a creative person and it's just a different creative outlet. Yeah. Um, but I never, the type of person that's going to work one type of job, mm. nine to five, I would prefer to do like freelancing or, um, work two jobs. I feel yeah. Like, just because I feel more stimulated that way as a person and as a human doing something I like. Yeah. But I can't do one thing every day repetitively until I die. Well, mostly people um, uh, who are extremely wealthy have many sources of income because they have many different jobs. Uh, you can do so much thing, so many things like Redbubble mm. passive income. Yeah, think think about that. You have to invest in yourself and invest into certain uh, like a time commitment for certain things like Redbubble website. So it brings you an income later on. Mm-hmm. If you invest in your website now. You're going to have clients that are going to be like, hey, I found your website. I think you're great. Let me mm. hire you for this job. If you invest into Redbubble, you're going to have clients come in, uh, like that you don't even have to interact with at all that are ordering your things. And you don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. Sometimes you have to upkeep it. But honestly, it's not that much work afterwards. Mm. It's a lot of work in the beginning. So that's kind of my perspective on jobs in general. I don't want to be doing just graphic design after I graduate. I want to do... 
also social media, having some type of passive income, yeah. doing some freelancing, maybe in graphic design or web development, depends on what my main job is. Yeah. But I never want to be so reliant on one job. And I feel like that's also what uh, 2008 yeah. <laughs> taught me. Um, like both my dad and my mom were affected by it. Really? Yeah. And, you know, they, were, they haven't met even yet, but um, just the general crisis where my mom had like... Uh, her, her jobs were affected by it, and my dad was investing into like real estate and everything. Oof. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so he, like, you know, he's a very business type of person, so he learned the hard way, like, a lot of mistakes uh, based on that. Uh, but yeah, I'm always, especially after the pandemic, like, I've always kept track of like what's going on in businesses and like not just graphic design world, but think about this like, a lot of people lost their jobs and lost their only source of income. They yeah. lost everything within a split second. Yeah. Like, having that realization that you're so reliant on one thing is absolutely terrifying when you lose it, especially. Yeah. I never want to be that reliant on anything, which is why I'm always into different fields. Like, I like writing, but I'm not going to be doing this full-time. Yeah. I like social media. I don't think I'm going to do this full-time either. Yeah. I like graphic design. <laughs> I can do this full-time, but it's not going to be my only full-time thing. Yeah. So, like always have something more to add to yourself and to your skill set because that way it's going to be much harder to replace you yeah i remember at my co-op there was this this uh, older guy that i became friends with um i think his granddaughters were like my age um or his daughters were like could be like my older sisters or something like that um and I remember talking to him and i don't want him to hear this and like think anything negative or anything but i remember talking to him and he was like Oh, every day, like the ten minutes before five p.m., he was just like waiting for it to be like five p.m. And then it was like just he and I uh, had sat directly in front of each other, so we could like talk and see each other all the time. And um, it and I don't know. I, I just started after six months of interacting with him. I started to imagine like what his life was like, um, and how he's been doing this so many years, and and waiting until 5 p.m. and then going home. I know that, like, some people, like, would kill to have a job like that because it would give them a lot of stability and stuff, and I don't want to come across as, like, spoiled or anything, but when you see so many other people, like, on YouTube or um, doing all these different jobs or having their own LLC and, and, like, having all their own clients and working on their own time, like, who says that, like, 9 to 5 has to be the thing? Like, maybe, I don't know... There's also a thing of like rewarding um, efficiency too. Yep. Um, like just doing things by the hour doesn't reward efficiency. What if I'm really good at something because I've been doing it for 10 years and I, uh, I don't know, I, I, I can do it in three hours where some people might take it like three weeks to do. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, all, it's all really interesting. And who knows what our lives are going to be like in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a great point to finish on. Um, like create your own path. Yeah. If there isn't a job for what you like to do, create one. Yeah. There's literally nothing stopping you. The world is ever changing. The technology is developing day by day. And there's so many people now, for example, like being an influencer or a content creator or a YouTuber was not a thing ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like ten years ago you could not make that a job. Now you can. Yeah. Just think about that in the perspective. Somebody had to be the first one to do it. It can be you. And you can create your own type of path that you want to follow. You don't have to follow the nine to five. Mm-hmm. It can be your own business, which is going to be honestly all day, twenty four seven. In the in the long run, it's going to be obviously uh, much more successful. You're, it's a time investment in first, 
when you're creating your path, but overall you never want to be like you mentioned this guy that is looking forward to 5 p.m. Like even though I had a corporate experience where I was not necessarily hating the repetitiveness, I enjoyed overall me designing it. Like I yeah. liked what I did. I kind of chilled in my room, did the work, playing my playlist, podcast, whatever. <laughs> I had my snacks. I can have as many bathroom breaks as I wanted to. Like nobody judged me for the way I was sitting. Or the way I was eating at my desk or anything like that. If you were in your sweatpants. Yeah. If I just got out of bed in my first meeting. Yeah. Like, it's been amazing. And just think about that into perspective. Like, that could not have been a possibility. The graphic design field by itself is not that old. Yeah. Like, fine art it has, like, a long, long history to it. But graphic design is a newer field. Mm-hmm. And so is web development. Like, Web did not exist. Yeah. <laughs> like when you think about everything in perspective, like certain things are so new mm-hmm. and you can create new things and you can always be the first in so many new things because the world is changing. Like we're looking at it at it changing. Like now you can work remote. Yeah. That was not a big option previously. It was an option, but now it's such a bigger opportunity for more people. And for example, if you work better and like you said, you work faster sometimes yeah. because of your previous experience creating something that works for you and your schedule and your skill set maybe more beneficial in the long run than working this stable nine to five yeah. from the beginning to the end. So I guess take the leap of faith. <laughs> It'll be worth it in the end, hopefully. I always say follow your passions. Uh, but then again, that's kind of a bad advice. If <laughs> what if it sucks? <laughs> I never want to uh, put you in a path of uh, financial instability. Yeah. However, I do recommend, even if you're going to be a starving artist in the beginning, following your passions, mm-hmm. that way you don't hate your life or hate what you're doing. Yeah. And it, it seems like on both sides, finding something sustainable. Because one thing, it, you could say, oh, it's sustainable because I make like $150,000 a year and it's a great job and I have all of these benefits and I can take all this paid time off and stuff like that. But there's that sustainability side, but there's also the sustainability side of, like, are you going to have, like, a midlife crisis? And, like, I did all of this, and now now the, I don't know, everything has moved on without me. I don't have all of these skills, and I can't change because I was never, like, curious to find other things. Like, it's sustainable on both ends. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. So, yeah, so how I usually end these is... Uh, if people want to learn more about you or if people want to learn more about me, I, I say who I am, say what I do, and then I say how people can find me or reach out to me. Is that a good way to end the podcast? You go ahead. <laughs> go first. Okay. So, uh, so hi. You probably already know me, but uh, my name is Emily Giordano. I am a uh, web designer, UX person, and uh, web developer, and I develop with Webflow. Um, pretty much what I do is I either plan digital experiences, uh, create them or develop them, and it's really fun. And so if uh, if you're ever looking for either a website or um, plans for an app or anything like that, you can reach out to me. Uh, you can find me at uh, emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at greatdesignlead.com. Uh, my website is greatdesignlead.com, same as Instagram, um, and uh, the Great Design Lead podcast, which is here. Uh, anything, anything else? Um, oh, and I also have a YouTube channel where I do web reaction, uh, web website review reactions, and uh, it's a, it's pretty fun. If you want to watch me react to a video I've never seen before, 
and see my screen for 20 minutes, you can find me on YouTube. But uh, but that's all for me, and we'll finish up with Marta, and then we'll be out of here. Hi, so I'm Marta Kovalova. I'm a graphic design student currently about to finish my senior year. As you've heard before, I am good in a lot of things, and I have a lot of skill sets. So if you ever want to find out more about me, I do have a website, martakov.com. Uh, so that's my name, M-A-R-T-A-K-O-V.com. I also have an Instagram, so that's Marta underscore Kov. You can kind of sense a theme here. Um, <laughs> my Snapchat, I just kind of do daily updates as a graphic designer, as well as just like a student and a human being. Uh, that's going to be Marta underscore 236. And yeah, my main Instagram, the one that I just mentioned, has my email. If you want to reach out for there, directly message me. Um, it also is linked uh, to my website. It also has my Amazon store if you ever want to get inspiration for that or if you want to find my graphic design instagram that i don't post on often <laughs> it's also going to be linked on my main instagram that's pretty much it for me um honestly the best way to reach me is through my instagram so if you're looking to find me marta underscore cough is it awesome and yeah that all of that will be in the podcast description below so you can just click there and it'll be right there you don't have to worry about spelling or anything like that but, uh, but yeah, Marta, thanks so much for coming over. You came over and it was bright outside and now it's dark. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I guess this is just goodbye until next time. Sure.